Think on your feet for our Fast and Curious 5K, a -a one-of-a-kind race hosted by WBEZ and the Chicago Sun-Times on Saturday, July 27th at Humboldt Park. More info and early bird registration at wbez.org slash events. This is Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons. It's back to school season. Many kids have already started and more head back to the classroom next week when Chicago public schools resume. And getting ready for the first day of school takes a lot of work, getting supplies, switching up bedtime routines, and calming nerves. But parents of students who rely on special education services have all that and more because the services schools provide often aren't up to snuff leaving parents to advocate for their children. We talk with WBEZ education reporter Sarah Karp about how Chicago schools are serving students with special needs. She started by sharing how the number of students needing special education services in CPS today is growing. So, yes, and this is actually really interesting. The number of kids that need special education services is between 50 and 53,000 last year. So it started out at 50,000 and kind of rose to 53,000 by the end of the school year. That is a higher percentage of kids that go to Chicago public schools um, than in the past. So for a number of years, we were talking about like about 12%, 13%, 14%, but now this is well over um, 15% that that are going to Chicago that uh, need special education services. And these are kids who have been identified with disabilities and um, need extra services so that they can be um, privy to a free and appropriate education like all kids. Do you have any sense why that number has grown? Is it because we know more about special needs and disabilities? Or is it also, could it be children, especially black kids, being labeled special ed? I know that that has been an issue over the years. You know, that could be an issue. And I'm, I, 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 you know, I don't know definitively what it is, but... There, there could be some of that issue. And we also know that, you know, kids coming back from the pandemic, there was a lot of learning loss during the pandemic. Maybe maybe when, when kids returned, you know, teachers saw some things that they thought that, you know, these are, you know, maybe some really entrenched difficulties um, learning and that extra services would really benefit them. So, you know, I'm not a thousand percent sure. One thing I do know is that the number of kids with um, autism and with developmental delays has increased pretty dramatically in in Chicago public schools. Still the majority, not the majority, but most of the kids, 44% of the kids have learning disabilities. That's the the diagnosis. But Still, there's been an increase in kids with autism and developmental delays. So, What are the academic outcomes for those type of students? Are they graduating at the same rate? Are they ready for college or jobs? Yeah, so um, the jobs, I don't really know. But I do know that the graduation rates and college-going rates are significantly below um, other kids in the school district. And that when you look at test scores now— one thing you have to keep in mind is that test scores for Chicago public schools decreased, um, you know, from the pandemic. And, you know, really, in general, when you look at state, the latest state tests, the number of kids performing um, meeting standards is, is pretty low. It's only like 20, 25 percent across the district. But for kids with disabilities, we're talking about, you know, about 3 percent meeting standards. So 
in um, elementary school on reading and math. So it's, it's, that's, I mean, that's really low. That's very, very low. And um, yeah, so that, that does beg a lot of questions. We're giving, we're providing a lot of extra services, but are these kids really, you know, being able to overcome obstacles and get to where they need to be? I've heard some rumblings about trying to get uh, more special ed students into selective enrollment schools. And so there is this idea of trying to mainstream students. And my mother used to teach at, there used to be a special ed high school in Chicago. People might remember Spalding Mm -hmm, um, on the West Side. And then she was at Jane A. Neal, which was half special ed, half um, mainstream. Do people want to be mainstreamed or do some parents rather have schools that give these intense, intensive services and attention? Yeah, you know, I think it depends on the parent and sort of the situation that the, the child is in. I talked to one mother who was saying that, you know, actually her daughter had some um, behavioral issues, but that she she felt like she could learn in in, in um, a general education classroom. She just needed an aid, and she was really fighting to make that happen because the school, because of the behavior issues, wanted to put her in a separate classroom. So in that case, you know, and it, she actually wound up changing the, the child's school to get a situation where she thought she could be in a general ed classroom. However, there is some rumblings of people asking questions about why uh, the school district does not have more programs that, you know, specifically work with kids with with, um, specific disabilities like autism. We used to have an autism program and that, you know, sort of got done away with. We now have um, something called cluster programs, which are separate programs in, you know, in bigger schools, but they... um, they have, you know, kids of very different disabilities. They they try to match skills, not not types of disabilities, but that can be very difficult for teachers to handle. So um, there is, you know, some discussion about whether we should go back to a model where where there's more specific programs. Earlier this week, you did a story about special ed and CPS, and you profiled a mom and daughter and. Um, the student's name is Kamara, and her mom talked about advocating for her daughter as a full-time job. Let's take a listen. I think it's the it's the culture of CPS, you know, um, and I know that they were had the staff because a lot of the times the staff would be like, you know, we want to do it, but then they would get word from upstairs to tell them, well, no, you really can't, you know, it's a budget thing or whatever it was, and I was like, that's not how it's supposed to be. Tell us about this family and some of the struggles that they were facing. So in a way, this is kind of a, a rare success story in, in CPS. Um, Kamara graduated from high school. She's about to go to Columbia College for graduate. Where did she go design. to high school? Um, she went to um, Elcott College Prep, which is, um, I think it's on the northwest side. So, um, and, and she... She actually started at a different high school, which is why I kind of paused because I was trying to remember where she wound up, ended up. But her mother, you know, was on top of the special education system. And sort of the story is like, what does it take to get a young woman who, you know, who is autistic and also she has um, post-traumatic stress disorder? Like, what does a parent need to do to get a, a student like that? into a position where she can achieve. And, I mean, her mother literally, you know, she brought she brought the school district to a state hearing officer 
more than a dozen times in the in the time that the Camaro was in Chicago public schools. I mean, that's it, that is a traumatic thing. Like, you know, just fighting the system at every turn. So and, and you know, both of them say that they're just ecstatic to be done with Chicago public schools in the end. CPS recently pushed out the head of special ed. <laughs> why? Well, you know, it's. It's a little hard to know because they never, like, specifically say why. I do know that— The parents complained about right, this parents, person for a right. long time. That's what I was just going to say, that there were a lot of complaints. And then there was—there's um, actually an issue that the school district is dealing with with the state where the state required for for um, all, for all two staff of every school to be chained in um, physical restraint and seclusion. And while this is not just a special education issue, it, this is an issue that was supposed to be handled by the special education department, and that didn't happen. And now Chicago Public Schools is in pretty big trouble with the state and trying to meet a deadline by actually just next week in order to, you know, not be under, you know, more sanctions from the state. So um, I think the fact that that didn't happen kind of came down on the head of the special education director. And in addition, there were all these complaints. So there were many reasons why. What do CPS leaders say about these criticisms? And what do teachers say? Well, you know, CPS leaders are actually now saying, yeah, you're right. We need to fix special education. Like, it's been an issue for a really long time. And over the last number of years, there has been, you know, a move to add funding to special education and open special education positions. But what hasn't really happened is a mindset change from this idea that the system has to comply with the law and sort of like do the bare minimum to comply to what can we do to make sure that that these young people are you know, being educated to the best of their ability and being able to, you know, leave Chicago public schools and you know, do do what they want with their life, you know. So I think that that's, you know, a lot of the issues have to do with parents saying people did not see the potential in my child. That's something that um, Calavita Mitchell, who's the mother of Camara, said that, you know, that's that was the constant fight. Like, if you don't see that this child has potential, then why are you why would you invest services? And so parents who are listening with special ed kids, are going to relate to having to be advocates. And just like this mom had to advocate, is fighting the system just par for the course if you have a special ed student? Well, right now it definitely is. Um, Definitely it is. But that should not be because especially the consequence of that is, is something that's really not good. And that's the children whose parents don't have the time, don't have you know, the, the the resources available to them to pull on. Because a lot of times people have to hi- hire lawyers to get things that they want for their kids. And if you don't have any, if, you're, if you don't have resources, if you don't even just have the knowledge. So, you know, a lot of times parents go in and say, no, the teacher says this is what my child needs or the staff says this is what my child needs. And they don't know to say that's wrong. You know, you're a parent. You're not a teacher. You're not a you're not a psychologist. You're not a speech therapist. So if depending on parents to be advocates is, you know, it, it leaves a lot of children behind. What kind of changes can we expect to see at that? We have a new board of uh, a, a new board at CPS. And at the first meeting with these new members last month that you covered, 
they talked about special ed and changes that need to be made. So what can we see in leadership for this next school year? For sure. This is uh, one of the top priorities of the new school board. Um, Mayor Brandon Johnson sent a press release announcing a board special education committee um, a lot of the members of that committee are, are made our parents who have spent the last, you know, however many years in the trenches advocating for their kids. And I think that they are going to really try to push the school district to, you know, change the way that they approach special education. Um, you know, one parent said something that I think is, is very interesting and I, I kind of wanted to highlight. She was talking about how Really, if special education works, it should be that services should be a lot at the bot when kids first come into Chicago public schools. So, like, you know, kindergarten, first grade, second grade, services should just be piled on. And then, as the child gets older and older, there should there'd be less and less services. But that right now in Chicago public schools, it's kind of turned on their head, where really you have the lesser services. And then as a child needs more and more and more, it gets. And and so, you know, it's sort of like the school district right now is doing the direct opposite of what it really should do. And hopefully we can see a system where we kind of flood kids early on with everything that they need. And that way, you know, they they won't need so much later on. For all the problems that CPS has with special ed, I have heard parents say the suburbs and private schools are worse. Yes. Well, private schools, especially because, you know, private schools really, you know, a lot of them depend on CPS to come in and run special education for them because, you know, they don't necessarily have entire special education departments. And certainly, you know, the, certainly there's some suburbs that – don't do a very good job, especially ones that are cash-strapped because, it, you know, um, special education is expensive. Um, and even though there's some federal and, and state money, it's not nearly enough to really, you know, provide what kids need. So it's like an unfunded mandate for school districts. But the school districts that are um, – that have lots of, you know, resources, I think they, they are able to do better. Um, you know, because I think because they know if they can do better – then the outcomes in general will be better. I mean, you know, I, I think that it's... Well, one, do, do, do private schools have the same legal mandates? They they do, but they can say, they can bring... Basically, if you have a child going to a private school, um, the way that it can work is that if you if your child needs, let's say, um, social worker minutes, they can pull on, on um, CPS to provide that. So um, it's... It's connected. Now, they don't have to, but I think that that's a lot of them do. So um, but it's not it's not exactly the same thing. That's WBEZ education reporter Sarah Karp. Sarah, thanks for stopping by. Thank you. This episode of Reset was produced by Andrea Guthman. It was edited by Linnea Dominic and Ethan Schwab. Are you getting the Reset newsletter in your inbox? Our digital engagement producer, Claire Hyman, shares recipes, movies, and more along with the big headlines you need to know. Just go to wbec.org slash Reset News to sign up. That'll do it for Reset. I'm Natalie Moore in for Sasha Ann Simons. We'll talk to you tomorrow.
Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR.